Festa, c'est le moins Tesket Bass. Et c'est Black Jen. I say, y'all have y'all down the Lord of mercy. Hey. My Brixton, you can't be scared in my Brixton. My Brixton, you are protected. Yeah, the people protect you. And I'm of the belief that if you protect your area, you protect the people. And, it, and nobody won't feel inhibited to come to Brixton because Brixton is uncaring. How on earth did you become so popular? You're a nice guy. Love, I, I preach love. My, my thing is to preach love, no war, peace, love and unity. Listen, so you was one on the Coxon sound as well, I believe. Yeah, I used like. to, I played Coxon for like 27 years. I was with that sound um, from when I was a kid till in my 30s. Music's a big thing in Jamaica, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. So obviously in the film that we see that you came over yeah. as a child and you hated yeah. it. Yeah. So do you think that music was a sort of like comfort? Yeah, more than a comfort. Music was my everything because that is what kept me going um, when I ran away from home at 14, 14 and a half. And um, I used to sleep in the park. And the only place, the only place I had solace was when I was able to go to a dance because it was the warmest place. And sometimes you couldn't afford to pay, so I used to go and lift up the speaker boxes for the sound in order to be able to go into those dances. You also became a really successful music producer. Yeah, that, I have to credit that to Sugar Miner, the great legendary Sugar Miner, who is the one that said to me, Blacker, you know, what you need to do is to um, do something in the music rather than playing sound, because one day you're not going to want to be playing sound system no more. And I said, Sugar, no, I'll never ever stop playing sound system because that's my love. And he said, no, one day you're going to stop it you now. So he took me into the studio, taught me how to make music, and I'm never... So you've got some big stars? Yeah, I've got Sugar Miner, Gregory Isaacs, Barry Salmon, Dennis Brown, um, Beanie Man, Sizzler, Caperton, <laughs> then the list goes on, Luciano. In the nowadays, I've voiced quite Maxine Harvey, UK artist. Vivian Jones, Sylvia Teller, Tipper Irie, and the list is endless. I've I was going to say, the list is going on and we're going to run out of space <laughs> on the recorder. <laughs> yeah, boom, up. bam. So listen, it was also really sad. In the beginning of the film, it was like a, a bit about you and it sort of seemed to me like a sort of standard documentary. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it became really quite deep. Yeah. And I think that first start, obviously we knew about your son yeah. being killed, yeah. Solomon. And then, you know, talking about your yeah. other son, like, he's now in Jamaica because we saw him talking to him on a film, but you've done yeah. that for his own good. Yeah, so for his own good. Son away. But you see, the thing, is, the thing is that these things happen in life and you have to make sure that you provide for your children and that's your job. And if you see it's not going right, sometimes you have to be really serious and say, what can I do to help my child? I don't want my child to go down that road. For me, I've already lost a son. And I don't want to lose one to the education system. I, I've seen so many youths being pumped up, both white and black. And as soon as you go into these institutions and you start being boisterous, they start pushing this liquid cushion you and then you become submissive and you're walking around with your, you're stretching your legs and, and you're not going anywhere quickly and you talk slow and everything's, it's, it's not good. It's a horrible feeling. Obviously, he's doing really well. Yeah, he's doing so. very well. Is he still and in Jamaica? Yeah, he's still in Jamaica. He just done his exams this week. 
Um, that's why he's not here. I would have brought him in, but he was doing exams. So that's why his mom came and just to support. But you know, he's... he must be proud of you. Well, I'm proud of him because the transformation and those kind of things inspire you to want to be better because you can see that your kid now, I'm not worrying about him. Before, they was taking so much time out of my life, so I'm not worried about him now. But, you know, I got in trouble after he left, so in a roundabout way, for me, it was, it was the greatest thing because he wasn't here to see his dad go through that. And yeah, even we're when he, talking about you going to prison. Yeah, going to prison. And even though when I went to prison, um, he came on holiday, I told him I was in Africa. I phoned him and said, I'm in Africa. So um, I can't be there with you. And he believed me. That's why I said I told him the old Bang Shilly Bang Skeng. Because I told him everything. I said, listen, this is what really happened to daddy. And uh, he was so shocked. I bet. He was so shocked because this is his dad that's always telling him that goodness, righteousness, yeah. education is the key. You know what I mean? This is this is what daddy is telling him. Man. Yeah, you know what I loved about you and your relationship with your son? Because we don't even see this portrayed properly. Yeah. We see lots of black kids on the street. Yeah. Oh, there's no fathers. Yeah. There's no yeah. You playing with your son. Yeah. It was so lovely and touching. Oh, my gosh. But we, we look, think of that as unusual. But I played with every one of my children, my nieces, my nephew. I, I think that that's a bond, that's a bond, you, you make what you make it what it is and if you don't set a precedence when they're young, the children don't want to talk to you when they get older, so my son will tell me anything, if he does something bad in school, if he's scared to tell his mom, he'll ask his mom, can I phone my dad? And she never says no, As he says phone dad and we'll talk about things, I say listen I'm not going to tell your mom because you've confided in me. So, and he, he respects me for that. If it's really serious, I'm not hiding it. But if it's something petty that we can deal with, I deal with it. And I say to him, you know that you did wrong because you're phoning me to tell me. And he will do things that nobody don't know about. And he'll come and say, Dad, do you know today I, um, I may have kicked a boy and I shouldn't have done it. And I said, well, you know what to do. And he said, yeah, Dad, in the morning, I'm gonna, the first thing I'm going to do is apologize to him. And I say to him, that's, that's, your, that's the beginning of you becoming a man. Because if you can say sorry, always having to double your fist and punch someone isn't the key to the world. Yeah, because for me, what it is, is that everything that people, yeah, everything that they do, they, 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 they hide it. So sweeping it is an analogy for hiding things or pushing things through the back door where nobody wants to see or know what the real problem is. So they cover it up, they put all these layers on it. So to me, that's sweeping it under the carpet. Because sometimes you have some people, they're sweeping out their house, but they can't be bothered. So sweeping it under the chair, under the carpet, no one's gonna see it. But when them, everything comes up, then it, you get a bad odor, and, and that's, what, that's what happens. That's why you had Brixton riots. That's why you had Toxted riot. That's why you had Bristol riots. Because it was the same underlining thing that was happening. And if people can't see that it's an epidemic, then they, they're, they're in a different world. I don't know where they are. Or, or maybe when they go home and they shut their eyes and they say, when I wake up in the morning, it's going to change. You know? And that's why in, in that film, you see the love. I, my mom's gone, my daddy's gone, and I've got older sisters, but we, we hold it. We hold it together because that's what mom wanted. And mom was about love. And when I was young, my mom never used to kiss. My mom wouldn't, you, you couldn't go and kiss my mom on her lips. And I forced that woman, I used to go up to her and I used to just tap her on her shoulders and when she turned around, I'd 
smack a big one on her. What are you doing? I said, you're my mother. You're my mother. And if I can't kiss you, I'm not going to kiss no other woman in the whole world until you kiss me. And she said, don't say that. But I'm your mom. I said, that's why. I said, you keep answering me with the same thing. You're my mom. So we built that kind of thing. So everybody sees it. And along the way, we... But it was funny because when you went to Kamare... Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you were there as well. You went along to that. Yeah. I mean, that's in West London. Yeah, I've been, I go to anywhere. If it's Birmingham, Manchester, anywhere that somebody needs me to be there to do with that. And that little boy made me cry that day. That boy, because we only put a bit of what he said. Yes, but if you saw right. everything that he said, he made tears come to my eyes. Well, he was great, wasn't he? Because he was actually saying that black boys... Uh, stabbing one another. Yeah, they don't, they, they, don't, no yeah, respect. they don't respect their one another. And that's that was priceless to get him to say that it was really priceless because, you know, a lot of people don't want to say these we things. We never see it. Yeah, so I've been telling people we need to have kids like this. These are the youths that we need to push forward because they can be the next prime minister. They can be Why the next leader. Why do you think people won't say? You have, to, you have to say it because then that shows the reality. When you don't say it, because you know how many mothers... The children have done things and they, what do they say? But my child is a good kid, he's never done anything. He's on trial for murder and he still Lots hasn't done them. anything. And well, when still, you were in prison, I, mean, I don't know because you were more of a softer category, but I mean, you must yeah. what you no, said. No, but when I, was... when I went in, I was actually a category two, which was amazing because when I found out, because I remember I'd never been to prison, so I didn't know prison rules. And when I was speaking, I remember speaking to the landing officer one day and he said, why are you on my wing? I just looked at your record. You should be a D-cap prison. You should have started as a C-cap and go straight to D. And people with white-collar crimes like you normally go straight to D. Why are you here? They put me as a Category 2 prisoner, and it was him that sent me to Brixton after six weeks. What did you get out of this documentary, and why are you glad you've done it? I got, I got the feeling of love. I got the feeling that everyone that's seen it is taking something else, and everyone that's seen it and, and I've spoken to after these Q&As and during the Q&As are all saying the same thing. Thank you very much for doing it. I don't need no more encouragement. If the public, if the people who pay their money to come in, they didn't have to because it's on TV. So why are people paying to come to watch some? Because they've heard about it and, and they're hearing good things. And it inspires me when I'm in Oxford and a white man gets up and says, sorry for what my people did you, that's priceless. I would have never seen that man if it wasn't for this. So the fact that I'm getting, I'm seeing it myself and I'm seeing the love portrayed with my sister and the rest of my family, all I can do is thank my family for being real and being the people that they are.